Hi everyone and welcome to this week's GradCracker webinar. This week we're absolutely delighted to be joined by technology giant Fujitsu. Fujitsu offers a full range of technology products, solutions and services and is focused on human-centric innovation, which as we'll discover today is true in the way they work with their clients and also how they approach their recruitment of graduates and look after their people. They have over 27,000 staff globally and work with technologies including artificial intelligence, the Internet of Things and cloud. Fujitsu have worked with Gradcracker for over five years and so are proud members of the Gradcracker Five Year Club. And they recruit many students through us every single year, two of which are on the panel today. The company hub on Gradcracker is filled with information about the career paths at Fujitsu, application process, their people and the Fujitsu way, which covers their values, purpose and code of conduct which are all really useful things to refer back to after this webinar and include in your applications later this year. Fujitsu's vacancies are currently closed to applications, but they will be reopening their graduate vacancies in September. In the meantime, remember you can follow them on their company hub to be alerted to these roles when they reopen and use their company hub and this webinar to do, their research, to do your research. Now you'll all recognize Jessica, but let's meet the panel from Fujitsu. So firstly, we're joined by Hannah, who is a member of the junior talent um, recruitment team at Fujitsu. Hi, Hannah. Hiya. Um, we're going to be talking to Hannah shortly about her role and what she looks for in applications. But we're also joined by Ben, who is a technical consulting graduate, and Becky, who is a software development graduate. Both Becky and Ben joined Fujitsu in September 2020 after applying through Gradcracker. So they've been working completely remotely since the start of the graduate scheme and have some great information to share with us about how they found settling into that environment and the amazing support that Fujitsu have provided. But firstly, we're going to go to Hannah um, and start with, Hannah, can you tell us a little bit more about who Fujitsu are and what you do as a company? So hello everyone, nice to virtually meet you all and I hope you really enjoy today's session. Um, so Fujitsu are one of the top five ICT companies in the world with over five decades of experience around the globe. Um, so we deliver um, customer solutions and um, cutting edge products, services and solutions to over 100 different countries around the world. Um, and we have more than 156,000 employees worldwide as well. So we've got a widespread, a wide network of um, offices across, based in all different countries um, and we're supporting lots of different customers that you may have come across in your day-to-day -day life. Um, so although with Fujitsu, we may not be one of the main logos that you see at the forefront of everything, we're a little bit more behind the scenes. So we like to say that we have met before, you just might not have known it. So a couple of examples around that. So when you switch on the lights, we're working with energy companies to support um, 15 million UK households with and businesses as well. So with electricity. And one thing that I think is really cool that we've done at Fujitsu and that we've actually developed internally is something called Palm Secure. So rather than using your fingerprint to get access to your phone or your facial recognition, Fujitsu actually developed technology using your palm and your vein patterns as your biometric passport for when accessing laptops, cash machines, and actually being able to access buildings as well. Um, so as I said before, we might not be at that forefront, but we're definitely behind the scenes and you would have come into contact with our technology or some of our people. Wow, that's amazing, Hannah. That sounds yeah, like so futuristic. <laughs> um, brilliant. And um, what's your current role at Fujitsu? What, what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, I work in the junior talent recruitment team here at Fujitsu. Um, I actually joined Fujitsu as an apprentice myself back in 2012. Um, so I went through the development program as well and joined within the HR function. Um, but I've been within the junior talent recruitment team over the last five years. So my day-to-day -day roles is um, running assessment centres, working with our advertising suppliers to get all those set up and create those campaigns, um, talking to our candidates and really helping to guide them through the process. Um, and yeah, then being able to actually watch them and develop up and grow as they join Fujitsu in the future as well. Brilliant. So if anyone wants to know anything about the graduate recruitment process at Fujitsu, you are the perfect person. Yes. <laughs> um, so moving on to that, so what are the graduate schemes that you offer at Fujitsu for STEM, um, STEM students? Because um, I know you've got a few different streams. 
So we have um, several different streams within Fujitsu. We have one intake per year in September. Um, so if you're looking to apply, we usually open for applications in the September and the year before for a start date of that following September. So we have two kind of different routes within, and then there's role families within those routes. So we have kind of our technical roles, which are our software development, cybersecurity, technical consultants, and software developers. And then our non-technical stream, which are more the business management roles, uh, project management roles, HR, marketing, and things like that so we've got two slightly different streams and um, all start at the same time all are exactly the same um in terms of length and kind of the program that you'll be taking part in um but what's really important that we feel at Fujitsu is that even in our more technical roles we do ask that you've been studying a stem subject but that can be it doesn't have to be a computer science degree if you're going into software development it can be in maths it can be in biology it can be in any of those stem subjects mm -hmm. because what's important and I'm sure the guys on the panel will explain today is that you're given that support and that extra knowledge that you need as part of that role so that technical knowledge can come along slightly later we just ask that you have that passion for any of our any of our job roles at Fujitsu technical or non-technical yeah and I think that's something that would be surprising to a lot of people watching today that looking at a company like Fujitsu that is you know so heavily technology focused that actually you will take from so many different backgrounds <coughs> onto those technical streams Definitely. Um, and you're right yeah Ben and Becky are going to kind of expand on that as we as we meet them a little bit later on um, so one of the other things I want to touch upon with you, Hannah, is um, where are the graduates, will, will they typically be based when they join Fujitsu? Because you've got a couple of main hubs that you recruit into from mm -hmm. that, don't you? Definitely. So we, we think it's really important for any of our junior talent recruitment that they have a key hub that they are based at. So our main hubs are in Bracknell, um, Basingstoke, Manchester, Warrington, and we've got a few in Solihull as well. Mainly for that community aspect, we want to really want to make sure that our grads feel like they're part of a community and they've got a real supportive network around them. So we can make sure that things are happening at those key hubs, there's supportive buddies on site. Um, and there's also previous kind of um, alumni that have been on the graduate scheme there as well. Mm. But being very honest it's been a bit different obviously over the last year because of everything that's been happening with coronavirus. Um, so what you'll also hear from some of the, the guys on the panel today is that we it, we basically told a lot of the candidates not to move at that point why would we pick up our candidates move them to an area that they're not familiar with when they're not able to get out and socialize and make those networks or be in an office so it's been slightly different over the last year and I think I can see that being taken forward as we go forward into kind of post-COVID what's that going to look like is there going to be that requirement to be in the office mm -hmm. but I think we'll still have those key hubs um, and that's where we'll remain to base our junior talent so there's still that theme behind there but I think that um, we, could, we could be open to a lot more widespread approach to our um, intake. Great. Thanks, Hannah. Um, and kind of sticking with, with what, what effect coronavirus has had is I know that obviously you've had to make quite a few changes to your recruitment process in, in terms yeah. of to accommodate like virtual assessment and things. So can yes. you tell us a little bit of how, about how you see that assessment process working this year and then, you know, what you think that'll look like for the future as well? Definitely. So um, I won't sugarcoat it when obviously coronavirus came in last year um, we were in the midst of running our assessment centres and we'd pretty much filled probably about 20% of our roles and we still had a lot to recruit. So we had some different approaches that we could have taken at that point. Do we pause recruitment? I'm so glad we didn't because where would we be now? Um, do we continue? Um, do we put a virtual offering in, play, in place? Um, what's that going to look like? How would that work? We've never done that before. We were a little bit scared as to if it was going to do what we needed it to do. Um, but I'm pleased to say that we did go with that virtual offering. So since March last year, and for obviously all the recruitment so far we've done for this year, it's a virtual assessment centre. Um, I think they're really important that we are sticking with these virtual assessment centres and that we managed to onboard everyone um, virtually last year. Um, and I think from our perspective, specifically at Fujitsu, those virtual environments and that virtual assessment is probably going to be here to stay for a while. And we know that it's working. We're still able to get the really great calibre of candidates that we need. And um, we were able to successfully onboard a whole seven, group of 70 graduates and apprentices virtually as well. Um, and they're all performing really, really well in their day to day job roles. So I think for us, whether it will be 100% virtual is yet to be seen, whether we'll do a little bit of maybe online assessments as part of a virtual environment and then um, a face-to-face -face interview. So there's that two kind of hybrid approach that we're also considering, but I think that virtual element is definitely here to stay. Yeah, brilliant. 
And we're going to hear from Ben and Becky as well about their experiences kind of joining Fujitsu in a virtual world. And so if that is something that's going to be here to stay, that's going to be really valuable for, you know, the graduates that will be going through the process next year as well. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much, Hannah. We're no now problem. going to move on and meet our graduates. So Ben, can you start by telling us a little bit more about where you went to uni, what you studied and what your current role at Fujitsu is? Of course, yeah. Um, I'm Ben and yeah, I went to the University of Manchester and studied physics. So I did a four year MPhys in physics, um, kind of specialising in particle physics. Um, and yeah, I joined Fujitsu in September, September 7th, I think it was. And now I'm a technical consultant in the Oracle practice, which probably doesn't mean a lot to <laughs> most people. Um, but what it is, is working with a company called Oracle who make database solutions for companies, uh, for businesses. And we work with our customers to make consultative solutions solutions for them. So we're kind of designing these these underlying uh, database solutions for them. Um, so it's a lot of kind of coding technical work, but not 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 too much hard coding, more kind of problem solving and, and working with a customer. Um, yeah. And before you joined Ben, did you have experience of any any of these technologies before you joined Fujitsu? No, never heard of Oracle. Uh, turned up to the interview, wasn't really sure about it. I had to Google um, all these terms on the way up. And, and the thing is really like it, as a graduate coming out of university, um, it's more important about the skills that you have and, and the kind of ability to learn, which is what um, I mean, in terms of technical, having a STEM degree, that's what you're showing really. And, and I had done some coding. I'd done a bit of Python, a bit of C++, but I don't use any of that now. But the mm -hmm. concepts you learn whilst coding, if you can code in one language, you can, you know, learn to code in other languages. And it, they're not looking for people who have years of experience in these things. We're, we're looking for people that we can train and develop. It's a junior talent training and developing scheme. So it's about finding the raw talent and, and you know, yeah, helping everyone develop that way. Um, people, I mean, I had an all right coding background, but people in my team have no coding background at all, really. And, and they're still doing really well. And they've picked it up super quickly. So, yeah, it's those raw skills and transferable skills. Yeah. Brilliant. And I think that's something that I really want people to take away today about, um, you know, when they're looking at Fujitsu, mm. just because you haven't got a, um, a computing background doesn't mean that you're not going to be right for the roles. As Ben said, it's it's more about your kind of raw skills and, and who you are as a person that Fujitsu are definitely, looking for. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, Becky, coming to you, where did you go to uni? What did you study? And what does being a software development graduate involve? So um, I'm Becky, I went to the University of Warwick and I studied maths um, and also um, I did German. So I studied in studied maths in Germany for a year and I also took some elective uh, computer science modules all the way through my degree. Mm -hmm. um, I would say the coding that I did at university, which was mainly Java, um, C and MATLAB, has not really influenced uh, the coding that I've done at, since I started. Um, it was a lot of back-end sort of mathsy coding, whereas now as a software developer, I'm in the application and multi-cloud services team. Um, so obviously that's not going to mean much to most people, but um, basically I'm an application developer. So I work mainly in the front end um, creating um, applications both for internal and external um, clients and um, yeah so I basically have learned everything that I know since I started um, and so have most people on my team we uh, I don't think any of us are from a computer science background um, but now we're all amazed like how far we've come in the last um, six months. Yeah, I know that's a lot to have learned in six months, isn't it? I was just thinking that. I can't believe it. Um, Becky, would you say that when you were at university, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do once you once you finished? You know, decided to do maths and then do the modules of, you know, computer science and software and stuff like that as parallel. Did you always knew you wanted to work for, a, a, you know, an, a technology firm or what was your intention? I honestly had absolutely no idea. Um, I think before before I went to university, I had the idea that I'd be like some math mathematician researcher. Yeah. Um, and then I got there and realised that really wasn't what I wanted to do. 
Um, I kind of, I knew what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to go into banking. I didn't want to do actuarial sciences, which a lot of the cohort that I went to uni with did. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really when I was starting my fourth year and I decided that I wanted to kind of um, start considering more seriously what I wanted to do. Um, And I basically just went on to Grad Cracker and filtered by jobs that you could get with a math degree and just kind of scrolled through um, and was looking at loads of different things. Um, and I realized that I'd taken the software development modules because I found it interesting. That was something that I was passionate about. Um, even if I hadn't realized that was what it meant at the time. So um, when I came across software development roles that were open to math graduates, I kind of thought that sounds perfect for me to me this is the great thing and it's something that I say to students on a daily basis to me I always find you know obviously I'm going to be biased saying job hunting on grad cracker is the best <laughs> but it is because you go through that search and I say all the time you can be presented with finance with banking with technology intellectual property firms law firms engineering consultancies all these different range of companies that want you and as Hannah said you know a lot of these companies are wanting STEM students because of all the fabulous skills that you know these grads and undergrads have and I think it's such an exciting part now of of people's kind of career journey to see all the options that are out there and kind of hearing it from you from you two you know landing a great job with Fujitsu just kind of proves that it just shows your career can take you in any direction no matter what STEM background you're from. So, oh, all exciting. So, so I know, so you mentioned right at the beginning, didn't you? We, the, obviously, working remotely. Um, and with the COVID restrictions, um, have, have meant that, you know, you've been working from home. But when these restrictions are lifted, what offices will you both be working in? So, Ben, starting with you, what's your life going to look like, hopefully, in the near future? Ooh, good question. <laughs> um, no, I'll be in the Warrington office. So I'm well living currently in Manchester, um, just outside of Didsbury, and I'll be commuting into the Warrington office. Um, yeah. I have been once uh, to fix my laptop, but uh, <laughs> apart from that, not really. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be different. It's going to be interesting, but looking forward to it definitely. Yeah, are you looking forward to that kind of transition of probably seeing everyone, being yeah. able to touch them, say, "Oh, I know." <laughs> I don't even know yeah I don't know I don't know about how you might be distancing at first but you know but um yeah it would be actually nice to see people in person it's very easy you know we've got very used to kind of like setting up calls and seeing each other virtually and um I was saying the other day like how used to being on zoom and being on teams and everything like that it just it's very natural now but it would be nice to see see people in person and, and um especially like my manager and people we haven't seen since well, my interview, my final interview day was um, just over a year ago now. And I haven't seen these people in just over a year. And it's weird. Yeah. But I've worked with them for six months. So and some of them I've not even met before. And, and especially some calls, some people don't like to put their cameras on. And others are the younger people seem more willing to and the, the older people don't so much. But um, some of like the managers and stuff who don't put their cameras on, I don't even know what they look like, you know. So it will be really nice to I mean, I mean, usually if you put your cameras on, they will put their cameras on. But yeah um and it is very like friendly whatever but yeah we're nice to see them <laughs> in, yeah. in real life and I'll be able to say oh yeah you know I don't know it'd be interesting though yeah definitely I think it's funny isn't it you know when, when it all kind of happened last March I don't know if I should mention the word TikTok but there was a video <laughs> the of us all kind of lifting up our laptops waving each other off yeah we'll see you in a couple of weeks it'll be yeah. fun and then yeah a year later and we're all <laughs> thinking what was the office like again um Becky so what's your plans sorry so after you kind of obviously restriction lifted what's your plans going back into the office what like what will life look like for you um so I'm based in the Bracknell office which is kind of in between Reading and London um I'd never heard of Bracknell before I got the job um but um so at the moment I'm living in Reading with a friend from university so I guess in a way my life won't change that much in that I'm already living near the office but um, I'm very excited to have a reason to leave the house every day that's something that I definitely don't do enough Um, and yeah just meet I've made some great friends online um, 
in the last like six months getting to know people yeah. you can you we've still been able to make friends despite the fact that it is online and we do have social events but it's not the same as meeting people in person so I'm very excited to meet people who I consider a friend in person for the first time that's quite weird but um I'm very much yeah. looking forward to it crazy where we're living but yeah that you, you've, you've almost got something still look massively to look forward to though haven't you you know mm. that it's going to be a new element of of the kind of the graduate scheme now you know you've done one part and experiencing the next okay so just kind of all going back then to back in time and thinking about what initially attracted you to Fujitsu so as I mentioned you're kind of going through the graduate search you're seeing all these amazing companies and what made Fujitsu stand out for you and um, so I'm going to come back to you Ben what what was your kind of initial attraction to, to them so I, uh, <laughs> sorry I thought you can't come back I thought you went go to Becky come back to me later no don't worry um uh yeah what was my initial attraction well yeah I was just and, and as Becky said I used my I used to grad crack on almost exclusively for my kind of searching for jobs because I like I mean I am biased I guess in a way but it is it is the best one and definitely for STEM you know you've got all the STEM jobs in, in that location so I was just scrolling through and I knew what I wanted I kind of thought consultancy was the way I wanted to go and 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 coding and tech um I liked obviously doing physics I, I thought about physics jobs but they're very limited to things that are actually to do with physics which you can go and do a job in it's like laser photonics and and some other things like that but it's not a wide range um Fujitsu itself I think um I mean, if I'm honest, I did apply to a lot of companies with the hope, you know, that, you know, you kind of, you've got to be like, oh, I just want any of these things. But yeah. um, I like the idea of technical consultancy and I like this idea of being able to solve people's problems. And actually, it was once I started on researching the company, I realized actually this is a really big company. As, as Hannah said, you don't, you haven't heard of it. And then it's, it's, oh, it's, you know, it's the fifth, fifth biggest ICT company. And, and you think, is it and then everyone thinks it's that camera company Fujifilm or whatever mm. and the number of times you get oh the camera company yeah um but all of a sudden I realized actually this is a this is a big company it's it's really um I don't know it, it, you feel like you're gonna get proper training there you feel and and, and it is and, it, and it's a huge like you know breadth of knowledge and, and you want that kind of formal um training backed by a big company um, that's kind of what attracted me and then I started reading to other things and thinking actually I like the way that they do things just like uh, focus on sustainability and human-centric innovation it's very it kind of spoke to me in that way and I thought and the further I got down the process I was actually I can really see myself here this is a really good company um, and I remember someone saying to me I think it's actually after I accepted the job um, and I was leaving I used to live in Surrey and I moved up to Manchester for the job and he said, oh, it's a, it's a Japanese company. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's Fujitsu, Japanese company. He said, they will treat you really well. And they really do. And I was reading an article today about, I think, Goldman Sachs promising that they were going to give uh, their employees Saturdays off. <laughs> and I thought, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and and Fujitsu is not like that at all. They're very, very understanding that people have a life and that, yeah. you know, kind of that nine to five is a bit outdated and and I don't know it's you know they want you to do your work obviously you, you have to work that way but the more and more I've seen this company I thought wow this is really good I made the right decision you know um, so from yeah. this early experience it about sounds that you can almost imagine you know a, a long career with them definitely and I think like you know it's, it's hard and it's easy to think I think the initial attitude I had was um well if I'm honest the initial attitude I said was go to the big four um go there for two years do the graduate scheme and then I'll just go off somewhere else and, and, and I'll yeah. take that training and then I'll and then I'll move on and that was my attitude for a while until I got rejected by <laughs> well no that's not that's not quite true but um I'm glad that I did in a way because actually I started to realize that um that's not you shouldn't be looking at work in that way and I think that you have to really see yourself in in a company for you can't start living your life in these two-year chunks and think oh, well I'll just do this for a bit and I might not enjoy it but then yeah you've got to really um, think of yourself there and think actually this is a company I really like and, and I can see myself uh, for a long time so yeah. Mm, I like that that's a good point that yeah I wonder if mm. yeah I might have to ask that question a bit more to students you know do they think more short term when job hunting because mm. you know you want to be in something you know how quick two years go you know look how quick yeah. this year's gone um, yeah. so yeah you do want to be thinking long term. 
I think and Becky same kind of question to you then what initially attracted you to Fujitsu was it similar story to Ben or yeah so I guess um I I was looking through jobs you know that you could get with a maths degree and I was just clicking through and I ended up on the Fujitsu um hub on Gradcracker and I saw um you know a few keywords like there was award winning uh, for the grad program and um looking how big it is like it it is important to me I think um to not just have colleagues in England you know like I wanted to have a big international uh, company where I'd have the opportunity to work with like a range a diverse range of people um and I know since I started um like I, I had a group meeting this morning with a couple of guys uh, from Germany. So that was really nice. Um, given I used to live there, it's like nice having something to chat about. I've been on calls with, you know, people from India, people from Australia, um, all over Europe as well. Like our grad cohort is um, not just England, it's like everywhere in Europe. So it's, yeah, it's been amazing and one of the big important things to me to be part of a company with like such a diverse range of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it that was the main thing I think that um, I knew it wasn't going to be something small that was just like a two year thing, like with it being such a diverse company and all over the world, like I can see myself. Um, I want to live abroad when I'm in a few years but I could still work for Fujitsu and do that. Yeah. Um, so I wanted that to be an opportunity that I could still work for the company, but also move around the world and have loads of different experiences. That's brilliant. That's good. And that, I think that that's key of doing your research before you apply, you know, make sure do this, does this employer tick my boxes and can I tick their boxes? So obviously that was a win-win for both, which is brilliant. Um, so next, I want to talk about the recruitment process and, you know, kind of talk us through, you know, starting, obviously, you've put your application in. So what was next and what was the experience like? So I'm going to come back to you, Ben. Yeah, and um, I think that's quite a nice segue, as you said, like about researching the, the company, but I'll come back to that later. Um, the re recruitment process. Yeah, um, I think you start off with just like a basic application, attached CV. And, and I'll be honest, it's quite standard and most companies have a very similar processes. Attach a CV, do a situational judgment test, I think is next. I'm looking at Hannah for validation here, <laughs> June knows. Um, then it's a maths, a logic and an English test, which I enjoyed the maths and logic tests, not so much the English test um, from a STEM background. And then it's the video interviews and uh, we were going to say that um, that's actually they're actually assessed by graduates and I've been assessing this year's cohort of uh, video interviews so yeah it's um, it's quite a good uh, good like I think it's five questions or whatever five or six questions you you answer them and um, assessed by graduates who who are in your role generally beforehand to help um, progress you to the next stage then they take all that and they look at they give you a score, I think, and then they will progress you if you're successful to the interview day, um, an assessment centre. And obviously, when I applied, it was it was actually in person, just about. Um, and I turned up to the office, and it was kind of in the morning. It's a set of presentations and exercises, and um, then in the afternoon, if you're successful, you go through the final interviews, mm -hmm. and then that's it. You know, so seems like a lot of steps when you put it like that, but it's quite standard, I think, in terms of that that's what most companies are doing now um but yeah yeah brilliant Hannah I'm going to jump to you one sec what, what would be your um kind of best hints and tips you could give to anyone listening to kind of ace the assessment center with Fujitsu well, you know obviously the the virtual ones have mm -hmm. a different um kind of experience so yeah anyone who's either you know going through the assessment centre in the next couple of weeks or mm -hmm. anyone that's going to be applying to you next year, what, what yeah. kind of some tips would you give them for them that are going to be 
think the one of the most important things that I always say to students when I'm speaking at kind of careers events or any kind of skill sessions is for those earlier elements as Ben said a lot of companies will have a standard kind of you're going to come across those psychometric testings you may come across a situational judgment test and nine times out of ten you're going to come across that video interview and there is so much guidance um, out there now on terms of how to succeed at those so many practice tests that's one thing I would always say is just practice until you feel comfortable with completing those because then when it comes to the real thing you, you know what to expect you know what's going to come along um, but by the same token is if you're not sure on something reach out to that graduate recruitment team we have um, Katie in our team who's looked after kind of any queries or questions that come in if you're not sure on something or how it can be completed reach out to us because we don't want you to struggle we want you to do the best that you can as part of our process um, but I think when it gets to that assessment centre stage that's when it starts to you really need to know your research know your stuff about us as a company yeah. um, we quickly work out at assessment center who has a very similar kind of values to us as a company that's really important so even before you put an application in take a look at a company's website look at what their core values are do they align with yours because then all the conversations that you have when you get to an assessment center stage become a bit more natural you're not putting on a facade or something that you want them to hear it's actually stuff that you truly believe in. So as it's been mentioned, sustainability is really important to us in everything we do at Fujitsu. So if you share that same value, bring yeah. that along to the assessment centre, do your research, see what we've done in the in our kind of our case study and with our customers to bring that in. And yeah. that's how it really helps those candidates stand out. Brilliant. Research is key. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Becky, did you have a similar experience? Was it very similar to Ben? Um, you know, kind of the, the application process? And if so, any hints and tips that you can give? Are we yeah. going to video oh. interviews, by the way? That's okay. the next question. Because I want to um, <laughs> So yeah, it was a very similar process um, to Ben, even though it's this like different role. I would say the the thing that made Fujitsu a little bit different was um, uh, at the assessment day. I know this is not relevant anymore because it's not in person, but the group tasks in the morning, it was sort of like um, almost like an escape room in that you had a certain amount of time. I think it was an hour or so. And you, you had to get through as many of these like logic challenges and teamwork challenges as you could um, in like a group of I think it was about four four or five people and um it was it was so much fun honestly like (laughs) uh all the other um interviews and that that I did they were quite like nerve-wracking and serious almost whereas this like um escape room kind of style thing really helped put everyone at ease and by the time I got to my interview in the afternoon I we were just having like a nice chat, you know, it was, it was not at all uh, tense or I wasn't that nervous because you had got to know the, um, the like the, my uh, now line manager and the um, uh, recruitment people throughout the day. So it was just like a nice friendly atmosphere. I remember uh, grilling Hannah as well throughout the day about, sustainability because that's one of like something that's really important to me um and I knew that that was something that was a core value of Fujitsu so in all of like our free time I was asking questions like just grilling her about how my core values would fit in with Fujitsu's core values right everyone listening this is how you do it (laughs) (laughs) this is exactly how you do it this is yeah this is why you guys are where you are today I think the uh, the guy that because I did the same um, and I really grilled this guy with questions at the lunchtime and I was asking him and I think when he saw me on the on the graduate call he thought oh no this guy got through <laughs> he's gonna ask me more questions now he really remembered me but it, it is because if you're actually interested in the company um, and yeah. as you're saying like it's so easy to put on a facade and think mm-hmm. well I'm gonna go and just act like this and do this but it, it does come off eventually and, and it's actually quite usually quite easy to see through um and actually, mm. I'm really glad because I was a lot more relaxed at my Fujitsu interview day. And it, sh- it showed that I wished it was a place that I needed to be or a place that was best for me. And yeah. people often say, you know, applying to a job, it's a two way street because mm. you can pretend that you're somebody. But actually, they, they, they want a certain type of person. If you're not that type of person, it's bad for both of you. So yeah. 
yeah. should come out like properly yeah yeah and just to add on that I think that's something a really important atmosphere we try to create at all of our assessment centers so we feel that um if you're under pressure if you're stressed if you're concerned about something you're we're not going to see your true self you're you're, you're not going to feel comfortable to actually put forward your points of views that you would like yeah. so that's a really important atmosphere we try to create at assessment centers and yeah like um, Becky and Ben have said ask those questions everybody that's in part of the assessment center even our Q&A volunteers that we have to support they all kind of have an input and those people stand out that are asking those questions and yeah. it, grilling us helps because it shows to us that you really want to know what's happening yeah. at Fujitsu and you it's important to you so yeah good top tip there ask Brilliant. those questions Hannah so obviously Becky stood out for you then I specifically remember Becky's assessment centre because she was asking me around sustainability you asked to see our strategy which I was able to actually then send on to her following on from the from the interview and it's important because even though obviously we're not directly picking and selecting the people that our hiring managers hire they Mm. ask for our influences they ask how those conversations have gone in the bits that they're not seeing Um, so yeah it's a collective approach that they take our opinions on and the assessors opinions as well they take those on on board when making those selections Mm, perfect love it so going on to the video interviews then because I've actually never heard and I don't know if you have sir but I've never heard the graduates getting involved with the video interviews and kind of um so sorry well let me make that clear so you're getting involved in the video interviews for the students that have been applying this year so you've been assessing them watching them Tell me everything about this because I've never heard a company do this. I think it's brilliant. And I've had a bit of, just for the audience, I actually have, we've discussed this slightly before and I've been already nicking your hints and tips because I think they're great. So yeah, I want everyone to hear them and tell me everything. What's it like? What's the video interview like? What can people expect? I think there's a lot of general advice here. A lot of people can take from this session really, isn't there? So it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start. And um, as much as I don't want to give, you know, like any advice I give is going to be general to any interview you do. So whether it's Fujitsu, of course, I want you to apply to Fujitsu, but um, it's going to be general like uh, advice. But I'd say um, I assessed both graduate and apprentice um, videos. And the kind of the key thing, which I'm probably not doing very well now, is, is expressing like energy and expressing enthusiasm and kind of showing body language it's really difficult on a video interview to, to do that and you don't realize that you're doing it because you sit there and you're and, and it's easy to say like don't don't sit there and be monotone and but try and like um yeah you, you have to come across as as, as, as genuine and, and it, should, it should be easy if you are genuine and enthusiastic but um it, it's important to say that and, and come across and it's the way you deliver it as much as what you say because quite a lot of the questions um they were right you know they're, they're they're fairly generic and so it's very hard to come across with something that's um like a really really like incredibly good answer unless you've done some really good research which is coming to my next point but um it's quite often about the way you say it and the enthusiasm you have um and that yeah as I said the second tip is kind of do your research because honestly the number of times I've heard my values align with the company's values and I think do you know the company's values you know (laughs) like it's very easy to say that I could say it about any company and similarly I'm hard work and motivated it needs to be specific and you can look up and and see as I said we've already mentioned sustainability today human-centric innovation and and all these other things that you can look up and say okay I actually do align with the the specific values for this company um and and that's and and kind of putting in sort of buzzwords like that it, it might seem a bit cheesy but that's important because it makes it realize you've actually been on the website you know yeah. the company and you're not you don't think we're the camera company or something like that I don't know but like it's um it's kind of doing that I would say um and those are the two the two main things I think I look out for and it's very obvious straight away if someone's done their research if they're passionate instantly it's just so much easier to to, to pass them essentially Whereas people who sit there and, and sometimes um, what I found actually, not even sometimes, is most of the time the apprentices were much better than the graduates. So I'm sorry, any graduates who are sitting here <laughs> listening to it, the apprentices did a lot better job because they were actually really enthusiastic. They're not gone through years of university and and, and I don't know, it was, it's a different path because a lot of people go through university and they take a grad job. 
these people obviously really wanted it and you could tell and I was surprised because I thought you know apprentices are probably a bit younger less experienced actually I was I was I was being more lenient with the graduates than I was the apprentices so it's something to keep in mind because yeah. it, it really is about how much you want it and um, it will reflect in the way you answer your your questions. Mm. For Becky sorry I will come to you I want mm. all your hints and tips as well but just for anyone that isn't um, aware of what a video actually entails um, yeah can we go and explain that if that's all right so there's any you know students that are not too sure so yeah, yeah the yeah. idea is you don't see anyone else do you you literally just see yeah, yourself no. don't you yeah, so I probably should have started with that rather than jumping straight into it. But um, yeah, so you essentially you open a portal, uh, open a portal, and it will give you kind of a question. It will give you thirty seconds to prepare, and you are just recording yourself answering uh, a question. I think you can choose whether you get to see yourself doing it or not. Okay. But you're just answering a question for I think it's a minute. It gives you to answer each question, and you just mm -hmm. you go and you speak. And that's hard because you you don't have the natural kind of engaging with someone like even on this I can see you guys nodding and and, and you know the, the, the positive feedback you know if something's landed well you don't know if it's not um you have to kind of be confident to, to just go and say your answer and, and be fluent and also I would say which I'm not doing a very good job on is know when to stop because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes you don't need to speak for a minute uh, you know you just need to speak for 30 seconds you've said it all mm. just say so you can stop stop the recording and that is it mm. I don't think you get second tries on it but just be you know you don't, you don't it's not always good to like keep going keep going yeah um, yeah know when to stop which I know exactly what you mean I've got a bit yeah. of that when to stop shut up I'm, I'm the yeah I'm the same <laughs> so I'm probably a bad example of it but it's important <laughs> to know when you finish an answer you just say that's it yeah and on that note <laughs> on that note then <laughs> Becky yeah so tell so me about what, you, what you've experienced I mean everything that Ben has said um has definitely been uh, been relevant, though I haven't um, been interviewing any apprentices. I've only done graduates, so I can't can't say whether I agree with that assessment. Um, I think the two main tips that I would have um, first is remember that there is another person at the other end of the video interview. They might not be live, but I this year have sat and I've watched I don't know how many video interviews, one after another, um, you know, like being engaging, being interested, being passionate, like it stands out when you're watching 100 interviews, like being engaging and just being a little bit like you don't need to be super professional, like having like a little uh, like acting as if you're talking to a friend is probably the best way I would describe mm -hmm. how I want to be talked to. I don't, I don't need to be talked to super professionally. I just want to see your passion and your interest in those answers. And I think again, with that, um, imagining you're talking to a friend and you don't have to be super professional is um, in, in an answer, say about what you're proud of or what your biggest achievement is or there's so many companies ask something like that. It doesn't need to be academic. Um, telling me that you're proud of your master's thesis is great because I'm sure you are. But if there's something that makes you stand out, you know, maybe you learned a language or maybe you have a sporting achievement, like those are still very valid answers, yeah. not just um, academic answers. Um, and yeah I forgot my second point so <laughs> I will end my answer there instead of no it's a very oh, actually sorry I have remembered answer the question don't answer don't just talk for a minute um yeah I guess this again is similar to Ben's don't carry on rambling but also make sure you do answer the question because so many times you know somebody's talked about something vaguely vaguely relevant but hasn't answered the question like especially I guess one specific tip would be start your question uh, start your answer with the words from the question mm. so that you 100% are sure that you are answering that question that's a good idea I like yeah that. I was going to say as well kind of on a similar vein and I'm not sure so much for Fujitsu's question some of them may be situational questions it's that star technique and if you haven't heard of the star technique really look it up it will help you so much with video interviews 
um, it's structuring your answer in that way. It's I think it's situation, task, action, result. I'm trying to. Yeah, no, and, I think uh, exactly yeah. remember them. If he doesn't get that, I'm going to have to remember it myself. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but it, but look it up, and and it's it's so if if people are asking you like certain situations, mm. so show me when we dem when you demonstrated that, show me it, it's really important to answer like that, and it helps you structure your answer, and mm. you know come around and also helps you close it off really nicely as well um yeah yeah love it yeah no i, I think that was like really really hard. useful uh, yeah um, <laughs> and as, as um, ben and becky have said like all that guidance is going to be useful for lots of um for all your different applications um and obviously this is really spe specific to Fujitsu. you know we've got two graduates here who have been successful going through this process we've got Hannah from the recruitment team saying the same things you know this is how you get onto the Fujitsu graduate scheme which I'm sure all of you are dying to do now mm -hmm. um but we're gonna move on to now you know life at Fujitsu so what it's been like since you've actually joined the company so um as we heard you joined in September this year um so you've been there around six months now um want to start by just finding out a little bit more about type of training and development you've had so far um and anything that's kind of in the pipeline. So, um, Ben, coming back to you. I, I did put a list of all the modules that we've done and, and um, I've not got my monitors, so I can't flick between the two, but I still can rem remember. Um, <laughs> the most recent one we had was was business awareness, which is kind of understanding Fujitsu's business structure. And we actually kind of ran a, um, a fake company, which was essentially Fujitsu um, in the market and did things like bidding and, and um, kind of developing. And it, the idea was to take our kind of old fashioned um, infrastructure business to an integration and, and cloud business. Um, and it's something that Fujitsu are doing and a lot of companies are doing now. Mm -hmm. um, but that was really, that was really cool because as, as a physics graduate, I don't know anything about business and I didn't, and in that part of the company, I didn't. So it actually helped me understand um on top of that we've had a load of uh, kind of like personal development time management kind of managing up which is kind of helping this two-way stream between you and your manager because I mean especially in Fujitsu it's a very chilled out relationship I've found at least for my line manager and it's it is a two-way street where you know they're not just telling you what to do you are helping them and and, and it's a kind of a process of pushing and pulling in order to get something done mm -hmm. and develop yourself um I'm trying to think the others. Time management, as I said, uh, and I'm going to hand off to someone else to see if they can remember any more. But I'll, <laughs> I'll check my list in a second and see what I've missed because there's a bunch. Um, yeah, no, that's but, yeah. fine. Becky, have you um, had anything that's either different to or anything that Ben hasn't mentioned that you, you wanted to raise? Yeah, so I guess so my first six months have been very training heavy, I guess, uh, mainly because I'm in a technical role. So um they need us all to go to a certain standard um so I guess I'll say briefly about the first week was mornings with the junior talent team and then afternoons were with my um my own smaller team yeah um and in the morning it was more kind of general um this is what Fujitsu is and these are how you use the systems and in the afternoon it was um it was sessions run by the other members of the team to help us get to know them, but also learn how to use systems. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I had three months of technical training, including um, like practice projects, um, some independent learning, some learning uh, led by other graduates. Um, it was nice um, getting to know, it was an opportunity to get to know the other people starting in my team because we were all in like little groups doing these tra training projects mm -hmm. um and then after the three months were up it was sort of I started going into actual actual roles where I um was in teams with people from throughout the team not just the new joiners and working on actual projects but since then I get to choose my own training so um they aim to make us into a t-shaped um developer so the top is having skills in like a wide range of areas so um maybe like aws and cloud development um front end back end being like a rounded individual but then we can choose whichever area we want to go into so i've personally chosen 
user interface and user experience and front-end design. And then we can choose to go into a lot more depth in our training for that. So that's the lots of areas with one specialty, which is like the T. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and alongside, I've done all of the other training as well, the business acumen, um, personal branding, time management, um, all of that goes alongside the work that we do. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I guess, uh, that, sorry, carry on, Ben. I would say I think Becky explained it a lot better. I, I, I realised I should have structured myself a bit better, though. I was just talking about the, 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 the junior talent modules we did, but um, actually very, I have had a very similar experience in terms of development and training and a lot of it is focused on that in the first six months um but yeah just to clarify what I was talking about <laughs> perhaps but yeah sorry back to you Sophie um so th like ongoing then throughout the graduate scheme this this training underpins everything doesn't it you know it's a continual learning process that you guys go through um in terms of projects um Becky is there any kind of major ones that you could mention or any, any clients that you've worked with that you can tell us about or is it all top secret um is, is there anything specific you can give us and kind of what you've been up to uh so i don't know i don't think i can be specific with who i've been working with um yeah. which companies but i can tell you a bit about like the style of projects um so i worked on a proof of concept which was um with pre-sales um bidding to a a large company that we work with um proposing a new it was like a new idea that they come up with so it was my team's job to create that new idea bring it to life so that when they wanted to pitch it to um, this company they could say hey look it, it exists it's great this is what we want to make except on a bigger scale and we think it would be great for you so I was on the team that sort of brought that to life um I've worked on internal projects, um, making um, kind of a portal for a um, part of Fujitsu to help um, kind of, oh, I don't know what I can say actually. <laughs> um, basically, um, we are helping transform some processes from um, time-consuming processes that you did by hand into more digital cloud-based solutions so that you um, uh, you have a better experience and it takes less time and it's just um, a better experience overall. Yeah. That's always good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Ben, is there anything in particular that you can mention that you've been up to so far? Have you had it? Have you worked on any major projects yet? Are you still kind of embedding and getting trained up and things? Yeah, I'm actually um, still kind of training. I'm signed on to a project, but it, it's been difficult with COVID because everything has been kind of pushed and messed about with. Um, and I think I was originally supposed to start now, but um, it's been, yeah, it's been pushed back to June. Um, I can't, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if I can mention company names anyway, but we do in our practice do a lot of government work and I was going to be on a, on a government project, which is quite cool. Um, but the stuff that I've been doing otherwise, it's a lot of training. I've done two accreditations in this time in Oracle Cloud, which is similar to the uh, AWS and Azure trainings in that way. Um, and we've started recently on a kind of internal project, which is to do with tracking skills within the company. Um, so it's kind of when you when you want to see your employees and how many skills they've got and also where you want to move in the future um is for managers to try and like work these things out but that's been that's been really fun and um a lot of that's been based around agile um mentality and work working agile working which is something that if you work in tech you'll see a lot of and is also yeah. worth uh, worth looking up as well I would say definitely know what that is before you go to your interview because yeah. I didn't and I very much regretted it when they asked me about it. Yeah, and I, I'll just give a, a brief overview for those who, yeah. who are curious. Kind of, There are two general ways that, that, that things are developed and, and a kind of the old fashioned way is waterfall development where you, you, you set out a contract and you say, I want you to make this. You go away to the company, a physics would go away and they would make everything and come back and they'd say, here it is goodbye you know like that that's your, that's your contract we, we, we did all the things you said and that's sold and we, and we and we tie it there with agile what you do is you work with the customer the whole time to make to develop through kind of iterative process and there's a lot of kind of um 
things you do, meetings that you have and, and kind of like ways in which it's done, but it, it's essentially working with the customer to develop a solution as you go. So they can say, actually, I don't like that. Can we change that? And actually this would be a good idea. And certain things work better with the waterfall method, but a lot of things like designing an app, it's useful for someone to say, oh, I don't like this. I don't like the color on that. I don't like the way that looks. Can we change it? Because if you don't, then they just get the app at the end and uh, well, tough, you know. <laughs> so, um, By the way, Ben, yeah. this is exactly what we're going through internally at work at the moment. So oh, really? we are rebuilding the Gradcracker app. And I'm constantly speaking to our web developers and I'm like, yeah, I don't, can we change that? <laughs> I'm sure they love that. that. <laughs> but, it, but it is, it's super important because that, that's it. Otherwise you come out with an app and you'd be like, oh, they should have done this, they could have done that. And you have to yeah. start a new project all over again. So some things, yeah. it's, and like app development, it's super useful for installing big database systems, maybe not so useful because um, it's not as kind of impactful, but yeah. Um, that's pretty much what I've been working on Agile projects now. And I, th I think one of the best things about Agile development is that it is more developer-led. Yeah. Um, so as a member of the development team, you're deciding as a team who's going to work on what, what the tasks you're going to break it down into, um, you know, what's important. Um, so you're working with your product owner and your scrum master, but it is the develop development team are leading the development as opposed to it being dictated you're going to do this you're going to do that so it means you can work on the stuff that you find interesting yeah. you can like really hone in like I'm really good at this so I'm going to do this whereas before I think you might have ended up being assigned something that you you weren't as keen on so yeah. um, it being developer led is great for developers um, yeah to yeah, have better experience overall I'd, I'd agree with that and and um one thing i would say is that um i'm conscious of time i know we're, we're quite close to the to the three three o'clock but um it's something where i was very quick i think when you when you're in a big company it's, it's very easy to get um bogged down in kind of corporate things and things that you think is this useful is it not and, and agile to me came across and i thought is this just one of those things you know am i gonna because quite often these things get palmed off and you think oh i have to do it this way Agile is actually really useful. Agile and, and things like Scrum Masters, you might think, what's a Scrum Master? That is actually something that I thought was genuinely really, really useful. And it's not just there as a tick box, it's actually a really, really good idea. So it's important to just not get put off by these words and because and, there's a lot of acronyms and things like that in corporate. Agile is good, <laughs> look it up. <laughs> um, it, it's honestly makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a genuine like thing you should you should look at yeah so there you go guys if you don't already know um, and you know you want to find out more about agile make sure you look it up before you go through the recruitment process um i'm going to quickly come to you becky before heading back to um um both the grads and hannah uh, just to, to finish things off because i know one of the main things um one of the big things that you found really helpful considering like kind of all the remote working things that you've been going through since since starting at fujitsu is how you've actually been able to create that real, real social life. Um, and you've, you've touched on that throughout, you know, about looking forward to meeting friends and things like that. But you have done things like games night, movie nights, coffee mornings. How's all of that worked? Yeah, so I guess um, it's it's been a mix, of, a mix of things. So some stuff was uh, by the junior talent. Um, some stuff was just whole company or like the whole UK. And then there's um, other things that have just been created by my team for the members of our team. Mm -hmm. um, so I think at the beginning, it was really helpful having those social events organized by junior talent because you didn't necessarily know people. So it was great to um, um, get to know people. You know, we've had cook-alongs, we've had um, things where we've played a game called Geotastic, which is honestly now one of our favorite games. It's... Um, basically you get placed somewhere in the world you get placed somewhere in the world um it's kind of like geoguessr that used to be a thing and um you, it's on google maps like a uh, street view kind of and you have to work out where you are in the world um there's two gate there's a few different modes but the one that we like to play is um you have like a set amount of time and you have to put a pin on a map um as to where you are so you can use language, you can use what side of the street people are driving on, how people look, you know, like everything to work it out. And now, honestly, 
I said about games nights and movie nights, everything is just geotastic at the moment. <laughs> but um, but no, yeah. Um, and then so some of the more um, Fujitsu as a whole uh, things we've had. We've had coffee mornings. Um, there was one that I really enjoyed where you get put um, randomly, you get paired up with anyone else who signed up for it from Fujitsu. I think it was uh, Northwestern Europe. Um, wow. And um, you just have like half an hour to have a coffee with them. There's some prompts um, about like, I think it was your favorite book or something. Um, and you just have a chat. So I've met some great people who I would never n normally meet, even even if we were in the office, because, you know, they don't even live in England. So yeah. um, I've been able to meet people like that. And then, yeah, um, kind of the biggest thing for me has been the social events organised within our team. Mm. Um, so, you know, like after Friday, after work, we have games evenings. Um, Sunday at six, we have a movie night every week. And then there's just other events that we've organised, like... Um, we did like a game show where um, we all got dressed up in fancy dresses and tuxedos and had some drinks and and you know like um, it was open to everyone in our team so like it was the people who joined this year but also the previous cohorts of junior talent like our managers were there um, and it was just great getting to know everybody because once you are friends it's so much better working in a team with these people you know like being able to work with your friends is like honestly the best thing because it doesn't feel like you're doing work as much you know because it's like you actually look forward to going on a project with people and I think that I think has been the best part of it for for me and I'm yeah so looking forward to doing it in real life as well <laughs> Wow. It sounds amazing though. I mean, um, joining a company remotely is difficult. Um, you know, I think we can all appreciate the, the situation that you guys have been in and, and how difficult that must have been. But, you know, all of those um, things that you've just mentioned just sound like, you know, it's, it's such a fun place to work, even, you know, with all this going on. Um, and you've still been able to make some really good friends. And the, the coffee morning thing, I just think sounds amazing. Where you just randomly just put in a room with somebody else and don't know who's going to turn up. And yeah, no, it just all sounds sounds brilliant. Um, I'm going to just finish off quickly with, with you guys um, before I come back to Hannah. Um, I just want you to give me one reason why a STEM student should apply to join the Fujitsu Graduate Scheme. So if you had to say one thing, what would it be? And then start with you. Yeah, I guess I guess um, it would be that you shouldn't be as a STEM student. You have a lot of potential. You have so many transferable skills. I know everyone is going to tell you that. You've probably heard it a million times, but actually, it it is that way, and and that you shouldn't be scared of applying to companies, especially Fujitsu, because you don't know everything about coding, and and because you don't know this or that they're not expecting you to know that and actually you will realize that you pick up things super super quickly and just because of the facts that you've studied STEM you've done a degree in STEM I mean that speaks a lot and I think you should just be not afraid because something like is, is programming because you'll, you'll pick it up you'll learn it I mean if you think about what you learned you knew back in sixth form and what you know now at the end of your degree mm. everyone's progressed a lot I've progressed a lot and you can do that very easily uh, when you start a new company. So yeah, don't be afraid. Go out there and, and, and apply. And <laughs> and uh, you're all very, very clever, I'm sure. Um, and so yeah, just just go for it. That's, that's what I'd say. Lovely, thanks, Ben. And Becky, to you, if you had one reason, what would that be? Yes, um, my main thing that I've loved about working at Fujitsu has been how I joined as like a software developer and honestly like my idea of that was like one thing and I've gone in a totally different direction and everybody's so like happy to to kind of nurture what I want to do so the, the projects that I get put on they're dictated by what I've said I want to be doing um, the training that I'm doing that's as well like it's picked by me mm -hmm. so um you know, it's not as well, I didn't know what UX UI design was when I joined. I like, I didn't think I was that creative, but then since I've joined, it's really like 
become something that I've lo- loved doing. So I think you it will help you find out what you want to do and then nurture that so it, you can have a career in it as opposed to it's not just like a two-year job it's like nurturing you for a career that's brilliant and that's um, definitely a big takeaway from today is you know thinking about Fujitsu as a career it's not just going to be that that graduate scheme and we want you long term so yeah um, thank you so much Ben and Becky it's been amazing hearing from you guys today um, and I'm sure like all of our audience are going to be so excited to apply to vacancies later this year um, but coming back to finish with you, Hannah, I know you've given us some kind of hints and tips throughout today, so um, we'll leave that one for now. But what do you think makes the Fujitsu ideal candidate if you had to kind of wrap them up in a neat package? I think for me, one that's really key and I've mentioned before is around kind of that, that value side of things. So I think as long as when you're doing your research and looking at those companies, I think it's really important to make sure you align with what they believe in as a company. I think that's one of the most important things and helps us to get those real ideal candidates. Yeah. Um, I think in any of our roles, so even in more kind of our non-technical stream, that passion for technology and that interest in technology is also key because I think no matter what role you're in with Fujitsu, you're going to be in contact with with from a project management perspective from a finance perspective that that interest in technology still needs to be there that's got to be one of your real driving factors to want to work for us um but as has been said before a number of times if you don't have all that knowledge don't worry don't panic um just show us what you can do what potential you've got as a candidate we're not looking for that finished article um transferable skills you're probably told a lot about them but it does it is it is true we want those people that could just got that potential that drive that want and that need to work for a company like Fujitsu. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Hannah. That's a lovely way to wrap that up. Um, so just to note on this, um, so obviously we've got Ben and Becky who are from two different streams um, of the Fujitsu graduate scheme, um, but they do have a number of different roles. So you mentioned stuff like cybersecurity and things like that, Hannah. Now mm-hmm. on the Grad Cracker Company Hub, we do have a page that talks about all the various different career paths within Fujitsu, within the technical streams. So um, if you want to know more about those, you make sure you can go and have a look at the company hub. And remember, there is so much more information information um, available on the company hub as well for you to explore and get to know Fujitsu even more um, after the webinar as well. So make sure you head over there, read more about it and um, follow them to be alerted to the opportunities when they open in September. So as I hope you found out today, you really don't want to be missing out on these when they do go live in September because the, the graduate scheme just sounds like such a fantastic opportunity. Also, um, everyone watching today, remember to tell your friends that if they've missed the webinar today for any reason, that will be available to watch on Fujitsu Company Hub tomorrow and also in the Grad Cracker Career Centre. And then early next week, we'll also be um, breaking it up into little bite-sized chunks um, of different advice for you too. Now, next week, I'm going to be taking a break and Jessica and Carla will be joined by Essity, a leading global hygiene and health company. And that's next Thursday at um, two o'clock on the 1st of April. So thank you again to Hannah, Becky and Ben. And thank you, Jess. Um, And yeah, it's been great talking to you all. And yeah, see you soon. See you all soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.